Hey guys! Here we are. Oh wait a minute, we gotta. I've been instructed I gotta wire in or something here. How's this work now? Test one, two, test one. Okay. Well, it is great to be here to preach on Romans chapter 14. We've been going through uh, the book of Romans here for, I don't know, what has it been, three years now, it seems like? <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, got so many electronic things around me right now, I'm not sure what, which way to go. Um, but, um, you know, just to give a quick recap, you know, uh, just for the past couple of weeks, we've had some, some really great sermons here by um, Charlie Flynn doing Romans 12. And, um, and Glenn uh, Petruzzi last week doing Romans 13. And, you know, I was thinking about those two chapters. It's funny because Romans 12 is just so full. It's chock full of insights and Christian encouragement and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, Charlie had a big daunting task to preach through that in, in one short sermon. So he has a lot of bullet points. A lot of, uh, lot of like, encouragement. He, he, said, uh, he said, this is too much for one sermon. He said, this is kind of like, this is part one. Romans 13, part one. Or Romans 12, part one. Now, he never mentioned it, I don't think. I don't remember him mentioning anything about part two. And I think, I think the idea there, and if it wasn't the idea, I'm going to make it the idea, because it's going to be the same for Romans 13, Romans 14, every other sermon, is... This is really always just part one. Part two is you guys and me and all of us taking it home and doing our own studies and digging in ourselves, going a little bit deeper. Because, you know, when you, get it, when you listen to a sermon, you're going to learn some stuff, hopefully. You're going you're gonna to be encouraged. You're going to be, you know, moved by the Spirit. But it's when you go home and you, and you dig in for yourself that you're really going to be transformed. And that's really the idea. You know, that's even in Romans... Uh, 13, or Romans 12, I think it's verse 5, he mentions being transformed in your thinking, you know, in your mind. You know, we need to be thinking differently as Christians than before we became Christians or than other people who are not Christians. Um, but, uh, you know, that, I think that's uh, it's really the key to really making a difference in your life is taking it home and putting it into practice, learning, learning really what uh, the deeper meanings are. So, uh, again, I'm just going to reiterate something that's already been said a few times. As we study through Romans, we're actually coming in for a landing. There's only a few more chapters. But, um, you know, they say, when, when you get Romans, God gets you. You know, that's a, it's a saying that uh, throws, goes around the Christian world anyway, and, and it is really true. Romans, from beginning to end, touches on so many different things, but it's, it really boils down to... Understanding God's grace in your life. So, we're going to talk a little bit about that in Romans 14 today. Um, and we don't really have great notes. This is your slide for the day. We're not. This, this is the PowerPoint presentation for today. All right. And the reason why is because I really stink at preparation. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll be honest. Um, but what I mean by that is I never really know what I'm going to say until God just starts moving me to say it. So um, I, I've been preparing for this for two months. 
<laughs> in a way. Um, but I think about things, I write things down, and, and the next time I look at it, I go and uh, switch it all around. And, and really, usually the final thing is until the morning that I'm preaching, and that's <laughs> the case here too. So, and I'm still actually not even sure. So we're going to start with a prayer, okay? Because we want God to lead this thing, right? <laughs> so let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, just want to surrender this sermon to you, God. You have given us so many uh, deep insights into who you are and even who we are in your word. And we want your word to speak to us today, God. We want your spirit to move in our hearts and our minds. And I just pray, God, that right now, um, God, the, the scriptures that we look at um, will just uh, make a difference in our lives, God. Not just in a you know, in this intellectual way where we come and do our time on Sunday morning, but God, it'll be powerful, life-changing, meaningful times here for us this morning that take us through the rest of our week and even the rest of our lives. So we just want to surrender this time to you, God. Let your spirit lead and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's uh, jump into the scriptures. And I am currently in Ezekiel. That's not where we want to be today. (laughs) Romans chapter 14. Everybody else is already there, right? Okay. <laughs> all right, we got uh, starting in verse one. I think I think we're gonna read all the way through the whole chapter because we're cruising through this day already. So I got lots of extra time. So Romans fourteen one, accept him whose faith is weak, without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So then... Each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. For if your brother is distressed because of what you eat, You are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what is considered or what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. 
For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. So whether you believe or whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats. Because he is e- his eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Oh, let me read that one more time. Not the whole thing. Just that last sentence. Not even the last sentence. The last phrase says, And everything that does not come from faith is sin. We're going to get back to the rest of, this, of that chapter. But I thought, let's, let's start with the very last thing, okay? Everything that does not come from faith is sin. I mean, I failed. <laughs> you know, we're, uh, we're not going to live up to that fully, right? There, I mean, Romans 3, 23, and many other places, it talks about how, you know, we're, we are not righteous in and of ourselves. We are sinful. We rely on on the cross of Christ and the blood of Jesus to be forgiven. But the goal here is to live by faith, right? You see that? That's a theme throughout the scriptures. We live by faith. So if you think about, you know, what it is to live by faith and and considering that everything that we do that's not in faith is sin, I mean... It's a daunting task to, to live up to that, of course. And we're, we're going to do our best, but we're going to fail. But we have, we have hope. Um, but, but I think about like Enoch from the Old Testament. You may know of him, maybe you don't, but it says that he walked with God and then he was no more. You know, and I think about that phrase, just walking with God. And I think that's what it's really about. It's about walking with God. As we go through our lives, day in and day out, are you walking with God? Are you living by faith? You know, I think kind of my definition of faith is um, just kind of, you know, believing God. Not just believing in God, but believing God, trusting Him, and allowing God to be at the center of all of your thoughts and all of your decisions. Um, That is living by faith. My coming up here to preach, you know, I'm not a preacher, really. I mean, <laughs> but, I, but by faith, I'm going to come up here and I'm just going to trust that God is going to communicate his heart to you through the scriptures. And amen, through me. But, you know, when you go to work in the morning or night or whatever, or you go to school or taking care of your kids, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, are you doing it in faith? Are you trusting that God is with you and guiding your steps? And are you, are you doing these things um, based on God's word? Do you know the scriptures? You know, because, you know, in uh, Romans 10, you know, go ahead and go back a few chapters from what we've been studying. This goes back about a month or so from our, from our lesson on Sunday morning. 
Romans 10:17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Now, we've got to be in God's word if we're going to grow in our faith. So the more you spend time studying out God's word and really thinking it through, meditating on it, putting it into practice, the greater your faith is going to be. And the more you're going to be able to walk that daily walk with God and that your decisions will be based on faith. So with that in mind, let's go back to kind of the rest of this scripture and, uh, and take a look at it. Now this, you know, last week Glenn said something that I think uh, was something that I was already thinking about chapter 14. I was going to say, he said something about, you know, Romans 13 isn't exactly one of those chapters in the Bible that you kind of go to. It's not a really a go-to scripture, go-to chapter. It's the same thing with Romans 14, I think. Um, you know, before planning on, you know, studying it out, when was the last time you spent time in Romans 14? Studying out, you know, you know, what to eat or, <laughs> you know, what not to eat, you know, and what special day is there and stuff. Um, maybe some people have, amen. But, um, but I want to start, we'll, uh, we'll Kind of go through the first half of this, this chapter. And, you know, this, considering the setting of this, you know, this is written to the Romans. Now, the Romans did not grow up with the Old Testament. They weren't living by Old Testament standards. They had, you know, they would, they would go and they'd make sacrifices to their pagan gods. And, and the, the, the meat that was sacrificed was then eaten either there in the temples or at the homes or whatever, but, but then some of it was sent to the markets and just sold out in the markets. So, so you know, there, there, was a, there was a challenge here for the Christians who had been, you know, who had been living in Rome or other places in the, in the uh, Roman Empire who, you know, they, they weren't sure whether they should be eating this meat because... Maybe they had grown up doing it all their lives, but now all of a sudden it's a matter of conscience, and they're thinking, you know, these, this, this meat has been sacrificed to a false god, you know, to an idol, you know, and, and so that was really bothering a lot of people's conscience, and <clears throat> so that's really what this is about. You know, he talks about, you know, people with weak faith eat only vegetables, and I know veganism is really a big thing these days. <laughs> I don't think that's what they're talking about here, okay? So if, if you're vegan or vegetarian, relax, you know, you're okay. Um, <laughs> you know, but this was, but still, that can still apply to our day here with people who, meet, eat, who do eat meat and who, maybe people who abstain, because it's still, the message is still the same. It's a different situation, but what was his point there? His point is, we can't be judging each other. We aren't each other's judges. You know, and we have to be careful in our own minds, certainly in our words, but even in our minds and our hearts, not to be passing judgment on each other on disputable matters. You know, if somebody's clearly going against Scripture, then, okay, well, maybe we can make a judgment that that's not good and talk to them about it and call them to repentance, right? But if somebody's doing something you just you don't like and you, maybe you have a conviction about it, but it's not necessarily scriptural, then you have to allow people to have their own freedom in Christ. Amen. Um, I want to flip over real quick here to Romans chapter 2 and uh, look at something 
about judging one another. Verses 1 through 4 in Romans 2 says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you are a mere man, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the, for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not, really, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? Amen. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, I'm sure you've heard that saying too. You point one finger at one person, you got three pointed back at you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know maybe you're not doing exactly the same thing, but we're still guilty of making those judgments. I mean, we all have done it. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully as Christians you're striving not to, but, you know, we got to be careful that uh, we are, are not being the judges. You know, uh, we're going to look real quick here also in Matthew chapter 7. This uh, Matthew 7 scripture uh, really convicted me several years ago. Probably should have convicted me a lot longer ago than that, but... Because um, when I was growing up, I was kind of self-righteous. And I, I definitely looked down on people who didn't do things the way I thought they ought to be done. Um, and so, so this one really hits home for me. Um, but Matthew chapter 7, starting verse 1, says, Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be used, it will be measured to you. Why do you... Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, it's, uh, that's Jesus, Jesus' words. He's laying it out because Jesus was full of patience and and grace toward pretty much everybody he came in contact with except for the self-righteous. You know, whenever he came across the, the religious leaders of the day, those who, who thought that they were right and, would, and were judgmental toward others, Jesus laid into them hard, just as John the Baptist did before him. I mean, that's one thing that God does not tolerate is self-righteousness and, and, uh, and judgment of others. So, uh, so I think Romans 14 is very, very pertinent to us. Um, also in, um, in John chapter 12, verse 48, <clears throat> it says, um, well, start, verse 47 and 48 says, As for the person who hears my words, again, this is Jesus speaking, For the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. You know, God is the judge. And God uses his word to judge us. So the day will come when we are judged. But it's not, it shouldn't be from each other. It's going to be from God. Yeah. You know, right. our goal 
is to help each other to face that judgment and be ready for it. Yeah. And, um, and I think uh, in, in uh, the rest of Romans 14, he talks, uh, and he continues talking about what he, what he was talking about, but then he, um, I think there's a kind of a mega theme here that uh, I want to I really stress um, that I hope you'll take with you. Um, you know, so that, that first section of the first half of, of Romans 14, you know, it's about not judging each other. And it's about Jesus being the, he, Jesus is Lord, right? God is the judge, not us. Right. Starting in verse 13, he says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. You know, it's not about the food. You know, different people are going to react different ways. I'm not going to go into all the details about, you know, food regulations and special days and stuff like that. You guys can study that out on your own. But, but the, the point he's making here is that our duty as Christians to other Christians is to help them to make it to heaven. Right. You know, we can't be, you know, pointing out each other's faults unless it's to unless it's to help build them up and to, and to get closer to God. Right. You know, and that's why what we need, like we just, like we just uh, looked at in, in, in um, Matthew chapter 7, he says, with a measure you use, it will be used to you. It will be measured to you. So what kind of judgment do you want coming your way? Do you want to be judged harshly or with lots of mercy? Lots of mercy is what I want. <laughs> I'm eager for lots of mercy. And so I really am eager to give mercy, you know, when I'm, when I'm with other people. And, um, and I try to do that. Come on, guys, on the roads, when you're in traffic, mercy, not judgment. <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, Obviously, that's just one simple example. There are many others in our daily lives, right? But how are we in the fellowship? You know, when, when maybe, maybe somebody is kind of reserved and they don't really talk that much. And, you know, it's kind of hard to, hard to pull things out, how to have a conversation with them. You know, you get, get one-word one answers. Or, or maybe somebody doesn't stop talking. And you're trying to, you know, you, okay, well, I got to go. Oh, look at the time. I mean... And anywhere in between, right? I mean, we need to be, be patient and merciful toward each other. Guys, give me lots of mercy. <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of people out here. I don't know what all of you guys are thinking about me right now. <laughs> there might be a little judgment going on, but I hope not. For your sake. I don't really care what you think about me. <laughs> Going back to uh, Romans 12. <clears throat> this is um, kind of what I alluded to earlier. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
um, <clears throat> you know, our, our mind, the way we think has to be continually changing and growing and maturing in Christ. Yeah. Consider these, these other scriptures here as we uh, think about how we interact with the people around us. Still in Romans 12, verse 5 says, So in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. In verse 10, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Verse 18, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You know, these, these are the scriptures that should be describing us. When somebody talks about, about how you are, do they talk about how judgmental you are or how merciful you are? You know, we want, we want mercy and grace and love to be, you know, the essential um, descriptions and characteristics of who we are. You know, the fruits of the Spirit. Or, you know, in First uh, Corinthians 13, you know, when it talks about love, you know, and all the different, you know, aspects of love. That's how we want to be described. Right being judgmental is not in any of those lists and, and it's not something that anybody wants to have a reputation for um, <clears throat> and then um, in uh, James chapter 2 this, is, this was one that I uh, <laughs> along these lines that I, I'm like you know what this is this is how I want to be described mm-hmm. or not described but this is what I want to be my theme. Um, and that's uh, in James chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I love that phrase. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So, Guys, let's practice mercy. And I am going to wrap it up with that. Just be merciful toward one another. And if you're taking notes, I just want to throw out here, if you want to do a little bit deeper study on you know, the food stuff and the special days and things, you can look and um, you write these down if you want to. But 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 10 are... Um, really good they kind of really delves into it a lot you know obviously talking to the Corinthian church um, just the other side of the water there from Rome <laughs> but um, and then also Colossians 2 and Galatians 4 um, are a couple of really good scriptures about that too but, but guys I hope this is uh, at least wet your appetite to look more into um, how you can be merciful and, and graceful gracious yeah. Toward, toward one another. Amen. 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 Amen.